dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to episode 32 of the Surf and Artificial Turf Podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week, buddy? How could you ask that question of me? <laughs> I ask it. I'm I'm contractually the obligated to ask audacity it. that you have to ask that question after you know what I've been through. <laughs> I have These to past ask. 48 hours. I don't know if I could do this anymore. You could sign off right now. Back to the date. Is now, 10 seconds. The date was January 15th, 2000. That mm-hmm. is the date of my first football memory. Oh, okay. Dan Marino was chucking balls, Hail Marys, basically, because the Dolphins were down 62 to 7. Oh, my gosh, Casey. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tell uh-huh. me, Pastor, what are you about to say? We'll get there. This is, there? This, is, this is a great tease for later. <laughs> okay. I cannot believe that this is happening. This is literally a trivia question for you later, but you already know the answer. <laughs> um, that, is, that game, what is, in my memory, I, I can't Dan think Marino's of a football game, game. Be, mm-hmm. before, that, before, that, before that football game. I can't think of any football that I've watched before then. I vividly remember him throwing deep passes and it being his last game and everyone knowing it, it being his last game and it not mattering. Um, my, 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 my point of this is it's been about 22 years since that's happened. And oh. since then, these are the head coaches that we've been through. Mm-hmm. That year was Dave Wanstead. Wanstead? Once dead, once sure. dead. Um, then it was interim Jim Bates. Then Nick Saban. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> then Cam Cameron. Tony Soprano, RIP. Todd Bowles interim. Joe Philbin. Dan Campbell interim. Adam Gase, Brian Flores. Hmm. And the reason I am saying this, and the reason I'm about to go on what is a 10-minute monologue. Let's not do that. (laughs) To start off the Let's skip that. (laughs) Is that all I've known is bad head coaching. Mm -hmm. All those guys. All those guys didn't go on to be successful as a head coach elsewhere. Um, in fact, some of them much worse elsewhere uh, in in the National Football League. Sure. Nick Saban obviously is the the <laughs> one that yeah. you could say was successful elsewhere, just not in the NFL. And you know, none of those guys. The longest um, that that went was honestly Dave Wanstead, um, and and that was four years. Mm-hmm. So I have had nothing since. Anything I can remember. Jimmy Johnson, Don Shula were before that for 40 years. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and and I I have dealt with those guys, the guys I just listed for the last 22. 
and Brian Flores was the best head coach that the Miami Dolphins has had in these past 22 years, in my entire memory of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And, you know, I I thought this was a possibility. We did that head coach who's most likely to be fired thing, and I had him in the middle. Um, he was a medium, I believe, um, in, in my ranking. I think you thought he was less likely that he would be fired, but I wanted to see yeah. the, where the season was going to go. And we, at that point, were, I believe, one in six or one in seven. And so I thought, you know, it depends on when the season goes. So obviously winning seven straight, I didn't think that he would be fired. And so that came as a shock yeah. to me as well as to you. And as well to the as football to universe. The football universe, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's frustrating. And, you know, a lot of stuff has come out since then. Um, I'm glad we didn't do this pod right after that. Um but it's frustrating, and I'm just kind of in a bit of a dis- despair mm-hmm. uh, based on what I, I – I mean, it's just – I don't know. It's like rolling the ball up the hill, you know? It's just going to roll back down. And, you know, it, it, it is frustrating to have to do this again, to start again. Um, and, you know, I, I think that – he had his issues, but I think that in, in, in game management, but I, I, he was, I mean, he was the best and he made a team that was the worst and one of the worst in the NFL, um, back-to-back winning seasons, something we haven't experienced in yeah. 10 plus years. And, you know, he was building something here, uh, that I thought was going to be successful. Yeah. It's interesting. So the reports that came out about him, not, uh, being a Tua guy, I'm very interested about like. Obviously, we're never gonna get the full clear answer on that. I am curious if he was never a Tua guy, and in which case, you and I both think that a team could build around Tua and they could build a, a team that could win. Like, but Tua does have his limitations. There are things that he's just not going to be able to do especially when you compare him to Justin Herbert, who was picked in that same draft real close to each other. Um, so I am curious if Flores was just, has never been a Tua guy. And in which case, I, not that he would have been right, but if he was never fully behind the picking of that quarterback and he's always wanted somebody different, like I don't, if that's the reason why you're firing him, I just don't see why I can, why I, can I can add to that a little bit if you want me to sure um brian flores and chris greer had the quarterback rankings as follows in that draft joe burrow Tua tonga Bioa, and justin herbert uh yeah so sure when joe burrow went off the list they both wanted Tua to be drafted okay. in, that, in that spot but is that is that and if you think about it, brian flores started Tua early earlier than what was expected we were three and one Two and two, I don't remember. But um, last year, and we we started him even though Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing fine. Um, but was it wasn't his reasoning that he wanted to see if he if they were gonna if they had what what they wanted in Tua? Like the way he even made it sound like when he started them, it was like we're not sure whether or not this guy's it. Like I hear what you're saying, and it might just be a matter of. 
Chris Greer saying this is who we're taking and we need to have a unified front and Flores just towing the company line at the beginning. I, I am curious because the that that info I, I think is more insider, not even just them publicly okay. saying okay. um the the info that they wanted to over Herbert is something that um is, is an inside thing. Okay. Um so I do believe Brian Flores wanted to and uh thought he was better than Her- Herbert. Mm-hmm. And I do think that he was excited to start him and that led to him trying to start him earlier um, just because I think he was just exci- excited of the prospect of what Tua could be. Okay. And I think that's what where we were as Dolphins fans. Um, and so, and I think what happened is that Brian Flores is not an offensive guy. And what he wanted was a quarterback that could just handled the offense almost on himself. He could just be talented enough. He could be Patrick Mahomes. Like he could be mm-hmm. someone that could, you don't even have to worry about the offense. Yeah. All you have to worry about is the defense, Brian Flores, you know, and the offense will take care of itself because we got the quarterback that can handle any type of, you know, offense that you need. And you just try to complement it with players and things like that. And you have a guy that helps with a scheme and the offensive coordinator. And that's that. And, you know, and you just don't have to put any thought of it into it. And, Obviously, that's not the case. Obviously, um, it really is going to matter who is the head coach, yep. who is the offensive coordinator for Tua. And so far, we have cycled through a lot in the offensive coordinator's uh, position. Um, and we are going to, again, cycle in the head coach spot. And that's even if we keep Tua. However, you know, my, I think that my first reaction, I thought that this was kind of a surefire thing. We were going to have Harbaugh. We were going to have Deshaun Watson um, by the yeah. you know by the start of the next calendar uh, by the start of the next NFL season. However, I think over the past twenty four hours, I think it's proven not to be the case. Yeah, I think what what's happening is, you know, and it kind of makes sense, right? Chris Greer chose Tua. You know, he's the GM that drafted him. It, it's it's so you constantly see GMs who drafted guys. Ride them longer than you should. See Daniel Jones. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and um, so it, it would be surprising that Chris Gear would be the guy pushing for Deshaun Watson. It turns out Brian Flores wanted to push for Deshaun Watson. It turns out Brian Flores wanted more decision making, and he wanted to be the final decision maker on a lot of these decisions. He was asking for more power. Mm. Um, and so that kind of goes to my second point. Because, you know, January 15, 2000 was the last time I saw a good quarterback throw a ball for a Miami Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Since then, these are the guys that have started for the oh, Miami boy. Dolphins. <laughs> Yikes. Jay Fiedler, Damon Horde, Don't know Ray Lucas, guy. Brian Greasy, A.J. Feely, Sage Rosenfels, Rosenfels, sorry. Gus Farratt, Dante Culpepper, Joey Harrington, Cleo Lemon, Trent Green, John Beck, Chad Pennington, Chad Henney, Tyler Thigpen, Matt Moore, Ryan Tannehill, Jay Cutler, Brock Osweiler, Boy. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen, Tua what and Jacoby. What a list. So in that same wavelength, I have constantly said 
that I would rather keep Tua and build around him than trade for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And so if it was impossible to move forward with that plan with Brian Flores, then I'm fine with this decision. But we won't really know that until right. the, the legal tampering made. window. Yeah, right. Um, you know, we'll have a better idea what happens as time moves on. I think a good start to that would be hiring Brian Dabble. I think that would make me think we're sticking with Tua. Yeah. Um, because he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama or quarterback coach or whatever at yeah. Alabama. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was a good connection. Um, and so, you know, I think that would be one thing. Um, but if we end up with Deshaun Watson, then, then obviously it's a whole different story. Then obviously it's, I don't, I don't, I, I really don't understand what yeah. we're doing. But if we, if we keep Tua, in my mind, it's worth it because I still think out of that list, Tua has the potential to be the best. And I've seen what Ryan Tannehill has done over the past couple of years. And I know we fucked up with him, with the coaches that we put around him. And we were fucking up again with Brian Flores and our offensive coordinators around Tua. And it has come out how much Brian Flores has not liked Tua since he's played. Yeah. And it culminated in the Titans game two weeks ago. Um where they were cursing at each other and Brian Flores was disgusted with his play and all that stuff. And it just, it, you know, I think the quarterback is more important than the coach. Yes. If you're going to be a Super Bowl winner. And I think that if this is the, if that's the case and we're going to, this leads us to, you know, continue on with Tua then I think it's fine. I think I think all in all, after all this reflection, you know, I'm not going to throw all my Dolphins memorabilia in the trash, um, as the instant reaction me wanted to do, uh, because I, I I do think that there was a conflict here, and you know, if it's Brian Flores and a sexual predator, or Brian Dabble and Tua, I'm going to lean towards the latter. You still keep you still get a Brian. Yeah, so we're just trading Bryans. Just changing, changing the, changing, changing the last name. You know. Uh, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Uh, it's just one of the things that you and I talk about a lot offline uh, about team building is not purposefully creating a hole in your roster that you then have to turn around and fill, and it. It just feels like firing Flores just creates a hole that he immediately went to the top of all of the head coaching lists. And maybe maybe that's not true. Maybe maybe we do get more information. Maybe what you were saying, maybe more comes to light and we realize that, yeah, there he's not suited to be a head coach and he's creating rifts. And a lot like like before I'm we got saying that. I'm not saying that. I think that Brian Flores would be a a Super Bowl winning head coach mm-hmm. in a situation where he has the right offensive coach, staff, and quarterback. And he never had that here. And it's, he has to be partially to blame for that. Right. You no, know, you know, the coach, the head coach chooses his staff for the most part. 
And right. Yeah. The staff's on. The staff is on him. It, but, it, but it's also like it for me. If you're getting a young quarterback like that and you're not able to nurture him as a head coach, then that is on you. That like, if you can't figure out, and and it seemed like they were. It seemed like they knew how to get the max out of Tua, and they were doing how to get the max out of Tua with the line that they had and that they were, they were getting it figured out. So I just, I, I want some more information. Like you said, I want to see what happens with the Deshaun stuff uh, in the off season. That's kind of, I think to me kind of show more with the actions of what happens. Maybe it was untenable and you and I both agree, not only, not only keeping Tua, but also the price that it would have cost, let alone uh, the sexual predator aspect of it, just just the football cost yeah. of getting Deshaun Watson would have hampered you from being able to uh, re, uh, uh, address some of the line issues or some of the other issues on oh, your yeah, roster that, offensive, that need to be fixed. offensive issues. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's the point. You said, you said, you know, you are saying... Don't create a hole when there isn't one. But the hole right. was there. The yeah. hole is quarterback or coach. We had to choose one. I think that's where we were at. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores. I don't think Brian Flores was going to move on with Tua. And so, basically, I don't think we were ready to commit to that high of a price tag for a different quarterback that may or may not play next season for whatever happens in the legal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, this guy didn't ultimately make the playoffs with this team and, you know, I, I guess had incredible issues with the, the current quarterback yeah. who says the same thing wouldn't happen with Watson if Watson didn't perform up to, you know, his standards. And then you're in the same square except three first-round picks down and whatever else it would have taken to get Watson. Plus, you might have traded away your franchise quarterback. And, you know, it is easier and less of a risk to change your head coach than to make the trade that he wanted. Oh, yeah, that that's for sure. I I do. That's the hole that I think was already there. We had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I think the the decision they made was we're going to go with the quarterback. Um, You know, Ross is basically saying the next head coach um, will be the one to decide what the the future of the team is in terms of the quarterback and things like that. Um, so again, if if I imagine, I'm I I am under I, I kind of just have to hope that this just means that we are sticking with Tua, and um, we'll build around him. Yeah, and we'll have a, a head coach that has an offensive mindset, um, whether it's Dabble um, or someone like the enemy or, you know, someone that I would just enjoy to see kind of used to a, I mean, it's funny because a couple, well, I guess it was last, last week we saw the replays of the national championship game and Alabama throw um, Tua throws that strike on whatever it was like second and 16 um, to win the championship. You know, he came off the bench and it was a 41 yard pass, but, you know, it was actually like 50 something yards. Mm. And 
Like he has more talent than just RPO short passes. Right. I you know. I, I do think there are other ways we can use him. Um. So you know that's. I have to hope that's where we're going with this, because ultimately, you know, if we end up with Jason Watson and um, Doug Peterson, then you know, it's all for naught. And mm-hmm. yes, this was a this was a terrible decision. But yeah, we we I you know. It, I gotta hope it's the former. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously we'll get we'll get some movement on the coach first. Uh, this is quite possibly the longest into a podcast we've ever gone before. I asked you this question. Uh, you you already the- asked me the question that you shouldn't have. How <laughs> dare you, sir, step into this podcast and ask me how my week have been? <laughs> what are you drinking, buddy? I am drinking uh, Frostproof. Um, oh, Cigar City. Yes, Cigar City. I've never had it. Have you had it? No, uh, it might be. New. I know you're a fan of Cigar City. Yeah, that's my favorite. You know it. Uh, it's a Belgian style wheat white. Sorry, and um, it's good. What are you drinking? Uh, Atomic Torpedo Sierra Nevada, a juicy West Coast double IPA. Oh, really adventuring off? <laughs> yeah. Hey man, Atomic Torpedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, different. Yeah. Uh, we got an email. From First Lady of the Serpent Artificial Turf Podcast, Jessica E. Bush. Man, That's Jessica E. Thompson, she needs to change her email. What are you doing? Well, yeah, yeah. The primary email she uses is her UF email. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, which is Jessica E. Bush. Which, you're married. Uh, Time to yeah. change it up. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the first part of this we've already touched on. Can you do a shout out to your depressed super fan, Albert? Albert. Uh, obviously, we're, we're here for you. Well, uh, Casey kind of just went through the oh, stages. No, there, there's here. something else we need to shout out. Yeah. 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 That was the first oh. half. Second oh, half I'm is, <laughs> uh, you get married. Congratulations. Super fan Albert on getting married. That's awesome. Uh, being married's awesome. It's the greatest. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 do recommend getting married. Yeah. It really helps with days like these. <laughs> And yesterday, mostly. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, talking to you. I was actually talking to your wife yesterday because she was uh, uh, concerned concerned for you. I had to stop looking. I had to stop looking at yeah, Twitter. You like, literally I, I, like, texted me and said, I can't talk to you anymore. I just need to go dark for I, a little I, bit. I mean, I just, I just couldn't. I honestly couldn't think about it. I needed, I needed to just kind of comprehend what happened and digest it because it was just, it was... It was a lot. Um, My whole football I, I, heart I, is a callus I, I did really like Brian. I did really like Brian Flores. So yeah. it, it was a lot. And yeah, I had to go dark. And I, I know it affected Albert as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And if it's not the Miami Dolphins, it's the fact that you're getting married. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I do had, I, I don't want to keep going on this. We got We got some stuff to get to. But I minutes, do want to. I do want to counterpoint. At one point, you did say quarterbacks more important than coach. And yes, but there is a point. Let me tell you, as I learned this year, there is a point at which coach can absolutely positively bring down your quarterback. So it could it could get worse. Yes, I agree with. That. I just want you to know, <laughs> yeah, from yeah, my personal experience, it, is, it could get worse. It is less likely. Um, sure. 
uh, let me rephrase that. It is more likely that a quarterback led a team to a Super Bowl than the head coach. There have been some yeah. bad head coaches win Super Bowls. Looking at you, Mike McCarthy, not a lot. We did this before. We looked into this. Right. Yeah. Um, the the bad quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl. Slim and far in between. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and the bad head coaches are much more common. That that was my point. I agree with you. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, bad head coaches can uh, ruin careers. Uh, and uh, or at at you, Adam ruin Gase. the years, yeah, ruin exactly ruin quarterbacks or yeah. um, you know ruin those years that they're coaching. So yeah, it it, it could be worse, it, and you know it is what it is. Hopefully, uh, they'll they'll look in they'll they'll look for an offensive guy, and it would be very perplexing to me if they went defensive head coach here. All right, we can get more into that. We've got plenty of time. To do that, let's talk about the second week of this podcast that we've ever had. That's a double victory week. Let's get into these games, Casey. Uh, I don't have any Dolphins. champagne, by the way. Huh? Because I don't have any champagne. Oh, I, yeah. I, I said that every time we both win, we drink champagne. But I thought that winning... We I have two, champagne. Well, there you go. <laughs> like two bottles. <laughs> um. I figured winning week 18 of a meaningless game for the both of us probably doesn't warrant popping the champagne, you know? Well, I mean, we knocked the Colts out of the playoffs, so... Meaningless for us, not meaningless in terms D- of what double, we double, double champagne. Uh, Dolphins, 33. Pats, 24. Do you want to talk about this game at all? Yeah, Is there anything you want to talk about? both of us, not a lot of it matters. Yeah. Um, I think a little bit more for me. A little bit more for you because you're, I would say, your rookie quarterback had his best game of the season. Yeah. Um, but no, for, for us, I mean, you know, our defense is great. Tua has his up and downs, doesn't lose a game mm-hmm. uh, for us, but our offense could be at this point now a completely different next year. Um, it was already going to be hopefully different because of personnel changes and potentially offensive coordinator changes. But now we might have a head coach change, which could lead to a whole staff change yeah. on that side. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's kind of pointless to talk about it, um, except, you know, I, I wanted one thing, like I said in the last pod, and that's Waddle to set the rookie reception record, which he did on the first drive. Like I said, I wanted him to do. Um, and we did get to see some waddling, which is always mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Um, and, you know, I think beside that, we saw just a you know good defensive performance and really a performance that I think that made me excited. You know, I think there's been a lot of talk about Mac and he's probably going to win rookie of the year. Uh, I just, Jamar Chase kind of won it. I mean, I, I would be super, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's, I, let me just say it's 50, 50. We can just say that. Okay. Um, but I, I think that, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think Mac has got it, um, and I think that it's going to be fun if we maintain a good defense to play him every year. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for uh, the off season, as I always am, because I'm a Jaguars fan. Always excited about the off season, but I'm excited for when we get to uh, the quarterback purgatory episode, where we're going to set the line 
for which quarterback is quarterback purgatory and where Mac Jones is going to fall on that for both of us. That'll be an interesting conversation. Can't wait to have that one. You have anything else to say about this game? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. You didn't watch. We're recording a little bit earlier. I have not watched the Dolphins game. I did not get to it. I had to work early this morning. Just haven't had time. Wanted to watch college football national championship last night. Yeah, no, it's fine. And I, I said you didn't have to because it, and I said, I'm pretty sure I said you didn't have to. No, I think I said after Flores got fired, but it really didn't matter after Flores got fired. Yeah. So. yeah but um, I mean, I, I just want to be honest. I didn't, I didn't watch the Dolphins game. So that's the reason why I don't really have much to say. Um, I do see went up 14 points in the first quarter. That's pretty, that's pretty nice with a, with a pick six and a quick touchdown. Yeah. And honestly, them clawing back into it had a lot to do with refs, which I know I've been harping on every single game, it seems like. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there was just some bad missed calls. They picked up a flag for offensive pass interference on a 17-yard touchdown that I just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that started the comeback, really, for them. Uh, but, no, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on. The Jags, 26, the Colts, 11, and one of the most shocking games of the season, maybe other than the, the Buffalo Bills also losing to the Jaguars. Uh, this positive was more shocking to me. Was this more shocking to you? I think this was more shocking to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's more shocking, but I guess... Due to the, the other, timing. Not the other that game the was more in team. doubt for longer, so it, it's not that it was more shocking, but it was just like it could have gone either way. This game was over in a hurry. Which I guess is more shocking, but it was just like the. I felt the, like it was. I felt like it was even worse. It was like it was over, and then it was over again, and mm-hmm. then it was over again, and it was just like, you know. It seemed like oh maybe this will be the time that the Colts drive for a score, mm-hmm. and then it's like when to pick, and then I'm just like you know, what, what who am I watching? The team yeah. that just lost fifty to ten is all over the place on defense. Driving the field on offense, I mean, it's. I mean, I've never seen a week to week turnaround like this one. That's what makes this more shocking. I think the most important part of what happened in this game that hasn't happened in a lot of games was, in all honesty, that first drive by the Jags. Absolutely. That long sustained eight minute drive where they got a touchdown on the board. Their, I want to say, it was their first touchdown on an opening drive of the year. Um, uh, three third down third and long conversions by Trevor after getting behind the sticks um some absolute money throws throughout the game but even on that first drive i think that this team with everything that happened this year when they would come out go three and out the other team would score they would come back out on the field they go three and out and the other team would score every single game and it was over but this game, they came out, they had a long sustained first drive that got them points. And it, I think, gave the defense confidence, honestly, that they were like, you know, let's just go out and let's have fun and let's see what happens. Trevor's absolutely dealing right now. Let's see. I what mean, happens. I don't know the statistics, but it might have been the first lead that they've had in they games. had led They had led for like six minutes and 22 seconds for the, for the entire rest of the season. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, think about that. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely 
uh, that, yeah, that definitely lends to it. And I, I obviously part of that is that, you know, the wide receivers are actually catching the balls that were hitting their hands. I still um, a lot of drops, still a lot of drops, which is incredible that you did so well. And Visca dropped a touchdown and, you know, there were, there they were, were just they other... were tied for third on the week with drops. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, but it, I think that, you know, it really helped the confidence, I think, of Trevor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it kind of put a, a kind of snuffed out a lot of the fires that were kind of brewing. I mean, there were some national media like, "Does Trevor actually a bus?" Blah blah blah. And some stuff about him was- having a hard time reading defenses, which he absolutely dissected the Colts' defense this week. Uh, there's there's one money play where uh, I, I don't I think it's Treadwell's on the outside. And he's running a post corner, and Trevor keeps his eyes out there, and then whips his whips around to Marvin Jones in the middle of the field, and throws an absolute strike in the middle of a of a zone defense. Uh, it it was nice to see him decide to be completely decisive and just throw the ball. I think that part of that Trevor having a hard time reading defenses this year is his wide receivers are unable unable to get open. It's been a big big part of his inability to read defenses yeah yeah i mean um and not trusting them to catch the ball sure uh absolutely uh so it was yeah it was nice yeah it was it was nice to see that he was willing to do it and he was rewarded by his uh receivers by actually catching some footballs today or sunday um, other than that, like you said, I don't think that there's, a, obviously you're not going to take a momentum from a week 18 game all the way through the off season into, into week one. Uh, but I do think that there's some stuff to build around. Um, Andre Cisco again, played very well. Uh, he had what should have been a fumble overturned as it's not a fumble, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was. But that's three weeks in a row where he's been around the ball making a play that could have gone either either way. There was multiple times, by the way, Baxter, when I, I love this. The Jags would force a fumble and there would be a pile. And every Jag would point, we got it. Yeah. You know, they'd be pointing the other way. Yeah. They have no idea what's going on in the bottom pile. And every time it was the Colts on top. But it was just so funny that they were so like, I don't know. It, it was it was great. It's, mm-hmm. I, I, I always think that's funny. And I, I, I enjoy seeing it to me. Um, but they were pumped up. I, I think that was just kind of showed that they were, they were playing like a team that knew they could contend with this team. You know, they knew yeah. they could beat the Colts. And they were playing like it. And, yeah, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Andre Cisco. uh for this week, for week 18, was the 10th highest graded safety in the NFL, uh, according to PFF. And it was great to hear him talk after the game they they had him on. And another one of these, just this whole season has been a dumpster fire. Uh, He said, they asked him when he felt like he was healthy, and he said week two of training camp was the point at which he felt completely healthy. And they asked him about that whole thing where they, where Urban said he was having a hard time with being able to make calls. And he said, yeah, it was a little bit of an issue, but it was because I wasn't playing. He's like, once I could get into a rhythm and kind of work out what I was doing with the other guys around me, he said it wasn't an issue. And he's looking forward to being a movable chess piece 
in a defense going forward and he has no issue making calls. It's just like this whole season has been just a complete nightmare. And then they finally put it together week 18. It's very frustrating, but you see some pieces that you can build around. Also do want to point out probably the last game of Taven Bryan's career going out the way he started healthy scratch, healthy and active. Good on you, Taven. <laughs> Got anything else you want to say about this game? Uh, no, love the, also um, love the clown. Clowns. Um, mm-hmm. And love uh, mostly the trivia question um, yeah. where they asked A, B, and C, and the woman said D, Fireballky. And that was 10 out of 10. Uh, they, they tried their best not to show the clowns. Yeah, they really did, huh? Um, and I guess I was also in, in the stadium. They didn't oh, really yeah. want to show him. It made um, sense they, in the stadium. But on the broadcast, CBS, it was kind of surprising that they, they weren't showing them all that much. But all over Twitter, you could mm-hmm. see that video. You could see the clowns. It was yep. trending. So that's all that really matters as we sit here and Balky's still the GM of the Jaguars. You know, it might be all for naught, but yeah, at it's least crazy. you made a show. It's, it. it's obviously it's super limiting. I don't, I, I don't want to go as, as long as we just went on the floor is saying with bulky. Uh, I feel like we kind of have done well, it. Already I mean, you, could, you could talk about the first football memory you had 1965. It was when Baxter Hill. Okay, so did you know that game. I was at that football game, by the way, I thought that's that what you were going to say. I thought that's yeah. what you were going to say. I was there. It <laughs> I was, probably saw you. It was magical. No, no probably eight year old me saw 35 year old Baxter Hill. In the <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like, it's so clearly. Jess is trying her best not to laugh out loud right now. She's dying laughing. I have to mute the mic. <laughs> it's so clearly limiting the Jaguars coaching search with Trent Balky. It, it's been, it's been reported by the insiders that there are coaches who are just doing interviews with the Jags for uh, experience sake for other jobs, which never heard of that before. Never My God! In the NFL, you have a you have a shot of a one in thirty two shot of being a head and they're in no NFL, interest. And they're like, we're doing it for the experience for other head coaching. You're experience. a mock interview. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. much of a joke is that? Uh, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of point with the mock, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like it, it's so clearly and evidently hindering their ability to choose a coach at this point. It seems like the only way that Trent Baalke is going to be fired because everything else is, uh, has been laid out on the table. There's no way that Shad would, didn't see what was happening. There's no way that he hasn't gotten some of the information at this point uh, uh, about Trent Baalke through insiders who are saying that there are people who don't want to work with him. I feel like at, the, at this point, the only way he's going to be gone is if, Shad interviews somebody and he absolutely loves that person that he interviews. And the guy's like, I'll take the job, but I don't want Trent Balky to be there. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately on the other side of that, people are treating it as mock interviews, but right. there will be people that are say that will say yes. But unfortunately the people that will say yes are desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, and or don't have a problem with bulky, which is probably a bigger issue. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're leading to the two top candidates being B.O.B. 
this being Bill O'Brien, sorry, and um, Bevel as the two betting favorites yeah, for insane. being your head coach. And I've seen Bevel not great over the past couple of weeks um, no. in terms of game management. And uh, I've definitely seen a lot of Bill O'Brien, and I want nothing, no part of that. Uh, and so those are your top two candidates right now because yeah. Balky's in there, and that right. is not great. Right. So my, my hope is that somebody in one of these mock interviews actually enjoys having a conversation with Shad and is like, listen, I am like, and they're like, lay it out on the table and they're honest with them. And they're like, listen, I, I have no interest in taking this job. If this guy is going to be here. Like, I feel like that's really the only, only chance the Jacks have. Maybe you can call up urban and see if he would take uh, the job and maybe yeah, urban he seemed, he'd probably be open ball. to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think he hated being an NFL coach. I don't even think he would take it if they offered him uh, even more money. Yeah. Well, no. maybe he would. <laughs> no. All right. You got anything else to say about this game? I think we'll, this is probably going to at least string out for one more week where we're going to be able to focus in more on these GM and coach kind of situation next week. You have anything else you want to say about these before we move on to our exciting games here this week? No, sir. So we got two things coming up for you guys because obviously we're not doing any previews. We are going to do our playoff beer bets right here, right now. Uh, If you're new, Casey and I bring each other prop style bets uh, that we either take each other up on. And if we lose, we owe the other one a beer. I do not have the record yet. We'll save we'll save that for an end of the year pod where we'll figure out who owes who uh, any number of beers. Um, so I'm gonna get us going. So I just want to make sure again that I'm clear on the rules. What I'm saying here is what I think. So if you if you disagree, then you would be taking me up on it, and I would win the beer if it was correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Here we go. First beer bet. I believe the Super Bowl will be AFC West versus NFC West. I will take that bet. Okay. I think, so, I, I for me, uh, again, I go back, the Chiefs are kind of the odds-on favorite to me uh, for the Super Bowl from the AFC. Again, I feel like it, the AFC is so kind of like wonky. It's going to get... It's gonna get weird, but I still I still give the Chiefs the best chance. And then NFC West has three teams, so I gotta hope that one of them can knock off the Packers and one of them can knock off the Bucks, and then maybe 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 just two of them play each other in the in the championship. Yeah, but two of them play this week. Yeah. So, um, I guess on one side, one is moving forward. Correct. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but um, yeah, you might. I mean, I mean, my 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 the reason I was so gung ho on that I do I do like Chiefs as the, mm-hmm. that is my uh, AFC pick as well, uh, but I have seen nothing from the 49ers and Rams that makes me want to back them or the Cardinals. Sorry, I forget about the Cardinals because I really don't yeah. think they're going to win their first game. But um, definitely not the Cardinals in terms of uh, being a team that can win three games to get there. So. Um, yeah, I just got to hope that they knock off the other people. They don't have, they don't all have to win three games. One of them can win, you know, 
I guess one well, of them would have to win three games. But they would play each other. Like, there's yeah. an opportunity where they could, it could just be two NFC West. Right, 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 right. You know what I you mean? Need, you need two of them to win two games. Right. Yeah. Well, good luck. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Give me your first one. My first one. Um, I am going to say three wildcard teams win this weekend. And one of them, at least one of them, make the conference championship. That makes... You can put at least on both. So at least three wildcard teams win this weekend, and at least one makes conference championship. All right, I need to get the playoff picture open before I decide on this one. Let's see here. So our playoff picture, our wildcard teams... Come on now, ESPN. You can do it. You want me to read them off for you? <laughs> no, nah, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. All right. So our wild card teams are Raiders, Patriots, Steelers from the AFC. And then we've got Cardinals, 49ers, Eagles. Um, interesting. I'm saying three of those teams will win this weekend. One of them is going to make conference championship. Patriots... Patriots play the the Titans, right? No, no, Bills. So I no Raiders lose, Steelers lose. So all I all of the NFC teams would have to win. So I will I will say that I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So you take the bet. So I will take that bet. Yeah, I don't. My thought thought process on that one is that it's a bit of a dumpster fire. Or besides a couple teams, I do think a lot of these teams are pretty even. Um, yeah, and I just don't think there's really a, a good set of solid teams this year. I think that teams like the Rams and the Bills all have had games where just they're just not they don't look good. And I, I I don't know. I just don't really have a lot of faith in a lot of these divisional winners to uh, start this playoffs off strong. Yeah, I so I I just don't see I think the Raiders have punched a little bit above their weight class. I don't think that they're going to make it out of the first round. Uh Steelers, you're going to see how much I don't believe in them later on here, and I don't think that the Patriots are going to go to Buffalo and win twice in a year uh with Mac Jones kind of having not played super well down the stretch. So that would mean all three wildcard teams would have to come from the NFC, and I just don't see that as a possibility. I could definitely see the Patriots and Raiders winning this weekend. I think the Raiders-Bengals game is kind of a... Yeah, I think the Bengals are going to smash the Raiders. I don't, yeah, I don't I, think that, I, that game's close. Um, I just think that you might be putting too much on that Chiefs game uh, for the Bengals and not realize that they really haven't had a hard strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more I'm putting less on the Raiders. I just don't. I think the Raiders have had a very tough strength of schedule. Sure. Uh, I think. Anyway. I think at some point, much like what happened with the Titans in that stretch where they were beating all those really good teams, eventually you're going to have a letdown game. And I feel like last week was was the Raiders Super Bowl getting into the playoffs. I think. I think they get bounced in, in the first round here. So I think 
for me in the AFC, I think the Patriots are the only team that has a realistic wild card chance of winning their matchup. And I, but I don't see them going in and beating the Bills twice in Buffalo. All right. Up next, my next one. Kind of a weird one, slash, I said funny, but it's more weird. One game will have a stoppage not due to football. So like a thunderstorm type of thing? Could be. Could be lights go out. Could be a black cat on the field. Yeah, I'll take that bet. Okay. You know, it's been a weird year already. <laughs> it's 2022. It's it's <laughs> only 11 days in, but it's already feels like all these years are just mission together and they're going to be weird. Weird shit happens. You know what I mean? Sure. We're tracking that one very closely. Okay. <laughs> all right, you're up. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one. Yeah. Neither number one seed will make the Super Bowl. So both have to not make it. Correct. So that would be... Titans and Packers. Titans and Packers. Uh, I... I feel like I have to take you on this because of my original bet, my first one, but I can also hedge here because I do I do think that the Packers would be my favorite currently to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Um, I think that they have a, a really good team. Their defense is, is strong. They get to play all their games at home. Um I don't feel like the Titans have gotten, and I can't believe I'm saying this. It hurts me to say it, but I don't feel like the Titans have been getting enough respect. Uh, I feel like what they've done this year, what they've put together is impressive, but I do think that eventually they will get, they will get knocked off. So this kind of leaves like the Packers as my option here. I feel like you're probably right, though. It's probably smarter to take the field, so I'm not going to take you on this one. Are you ready for our bold bets? Do it. All right. I want to play a little trivia with you. Do you know the biggest, largest blowout in playoff history? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was 55 points. Yes. And I think it was the Jags beating the Dolphins. Whoa, hey, look at you. Um, on, uh, let's say, January 16th, 2000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got it. Wow. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> so my bold bet. Steelers at least tie record for a largest <laughs> margin in a playoff loss. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take that. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Uh, I understand where you're coming from. The Chiefs and Steelers played a couple weeks ago, and it was a blowout. Uh, but and, and and the and the Chiefs let off the gas, but you're in the playoffs. You ain't letting off the gas. Yeah, right. Um, however, they might let off the gas a little bit. Um, I do think that they would potentially pull Tyree Kill and a couple guys that have just have injuries this season. Travis Kelsey's have had injuries. Um, Mahomes has a history of injuries. I think, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. 
I mean, I'm not gonna say that was well, that that will never be broken uh, because that will be broken probably. You know, obviously. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's last football game, just like Dan Marino, will, will be broken. Yeah. I didn't say break. It has they he tie, can tie sure. it. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I understand, but uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's bold. bold. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You thought I was gonna say that wasn't bold? Yeah. <laughs> I know how much you hate Ben Roethlisberger right now. Oh, how much I you think he is a trash hey, can. Wait till play, you hear quarterback. Casey's corner is all over the Chiefs. Don't you worry, buddy. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Let me hear you bold. <clears throat> okay. My last bold one is from the one and only First Lady. Oh. <laughs> of the SAAT podcast. And um, I did slightly twist it because she kind of just said the first part and I kind of added the second part. But. The Bucks will lose. The Bucks lose. And Giselle will complain that it was because of someone but Tom Brady that caused the loss. Someone other than Brady caused the loss. This could Such be at as, any point in time in the playoffs. Such as, yes. Okay. Such as Antonio Brown. Whoa. She could even go that far back. He's just not there. Yeah. Oh man, she this is a tough one. Like, you know, it's because of the distractions and people that Tom has put trust in broke that trust that he could not lead this team to another Super Bowl victory. <laughs> I'm I'm going to take you up on it because I think that. At how much she became a meme from my husband cannot throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time. I think she'll be smart enough to not say anything after that. I think she learned her lesson. So I will take you on this. I, I do think it's possible that the Bucks, obviously the Bucks could lose. Uh, but I think that Giselle at this point will, will not say anything. So I will take that one. Sure. It is bold. Because I agree with you, um, but you know, I had to do something. It's a two-parter, so you know. All right. So the next thing that we have, very exciting, is my annual NFL playoff food bracket, where I choose select foods that are regional to the teams that have made the playoffs, and then at the Super Bowl, I will be cooking these for Casey and I and our wonderful, beautiful wives to eat. Maybe my child, maybe your child. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if your kid's a picky eater or not, honestly. Hell no. My daughter is extremely picky. My boy will eat anything on any given Sunday. <laughs> so Casey, I assume is going to know some of these um, just based on uh, previous playoff teams. I've done this before, um, but I am going to read these to him. He's going to see some of them for the first time, and he's going to decide who he's rooting for in the playoffs based upon what he wants to eat Ooh, for Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to do this. That's very exciting. <laughs> so how do you want this? Do you want, do you want it from the number one seed with them getting the bye week, or do you want me to start with the wild card matchups and then no, save the we're gonna, bye? This is what we're going to do right okay. now, live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're going to do the entire playoffs. So we're going to start with the matchups. I'm going to pick winners. You're then going to tell me the next matchup. Oh, I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Hold on. 
Let me get. Let me get. You have uh, all the teams now because you not be prepared. Yeah, but I think that this year they're going to like reseeding right after the first round. So I wouldn't know who's playing who. You will once I tell you who wins. So if I say the six seed wins. Yeah, but I don't have the numbers next to them is my problem. Oh, my God. Come on, Baxter. All right. Here's your job. You're going to look at the playoff picture. Can do. And you're going to let me know which seed they are. I'll tell you the teams. We can can make this work. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. So we'll start on the AFC side. So for the first game in wildcard matchup, we have pierogies, which is our Pittsburgh Steeler food matchup, versus Kansas City Barbecue. Kansas City barbecue. Now, look, here's a here. Let me full disclosure. Full disclosure. I'm Polish and Lithuanian. I am quite white, if you would. Well, uh, <laughs> and I love a pierogi. Yeah. Okay. Look at you. Uh, I have them every Christmas Eve. A pierogi. Because we have a Polish Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. I have, I believe, some in my freezer right now. And I do like a pierogi, but good barbecue is just something where it's yeah. unique and there's nothing like it. Pierogi, there are other things like it, um, you know, but because it's, you know, starch and cheese, right? But barbecue is just kind of a it's it's on its own playing field you have to advance it in this round sure in this round due to its uniqueness i i don't blame you um one of the things that shout out to chris who goes to top hog near my house who listens to this pod (laughs) uh one of the things that i learned from one of the first people that taught me how to cook my dad is that the key to every meal is is the sauce. And obviously with barbecue, with the regional barbecues, it's all about the different styles of sauces. So obviously in this matchup, Kansas City moving on due to just one, we both love delicious, delicious meats. And two, that sauce. All right, our next matchup, hot wieners versus buffalo wings. Can you describe what a hot wiener is? Sure, I would love I would love to bring this up and and read it live to you right here right now. Perfect. So this is a this is a Rhode Island thing. I kind of have gotten tired of making New England clam chowder, uh, which I've made a couple of years because of the freaking Patriots. Uh, so I went with something a little different. I talked to somebody that I work with. I said, you know, what's something New England that's not necessarily? There are so many things, but go ahead. Sure. And he said the first thing he thought of was hot wieners. That is that is the most ridiculous first thing to think of as a New Englander in the history of New England. Okay, well, what about a lobster roll? What, like, yeah, well, you know, so uh, we went. We're going hot wieners. I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, they'll make it again, and we can change it up again. Yeah, I know that. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know don't go for hot wiener because New England has multiple options. But I'm just saying it's lower on the totem pole than I would think. Yeah, I think it's just because it's like it's New England, right? So it's just so regional. Like this is something that's uh, uh, primarily in a Rhode Island kind of thing. So it's kind of like New England's such a wide area. It's not like yeah, Tampa. You could do some sort of cheese thing with Vermont. You could do Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, all over the place. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, a hot wiener is a traditional beef hot dog uh, topped with celery salt, yellow mustard, chopped onions, and seasoned meat sauce. And it comes with this... Uh, this the seasoned meat sauce has this um, super super red color to it that makes the hot dog like like fire engine red. So that is a hot wiener versus you buffalo know, wings. You know my family's from New England, so uh-huh. it is hard to go against a New England food, but it's also hard to beat a buffalo wing. It's also hard to just beat wings in general. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so, I love wings. Um, especially because we are thinking about this in the context of the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I do think that the buffalo wing edges out the hot wiener. Okay. Up next, our final matchup for the wild card round. We have the Las Vegas Lavos one pound meatball versus Skyline Chili. I need descriptions of both of these things. Sure. So, I, I mean, I have a general idea what they are, but I, I just mean for for those who are listening at home. So the Lavo's One Pound Meatball is a a specific restaurant within uh, Vegas. I actually, this is one of those teams where I don't know a lot of like the regional stuff because Vegas doesn't seem like it's probably a, a hotbed of regional food. So I went with a a, a restaurant there that was super known for something so this is a one pound kobe beef meatball mm-hmm. <laughs> go on <laughs> uh, with some tomato sauce uh fresh ricotta on top and parsley and then skyline chili is your traditional um and some of these teams I've never had to even like look at this food to because their their teams don't make the playoffs that often. Uh Skyline Chili is basically like a chili without beans, if I if I'm if I'm correct on this. Let me see. Copycat Cincinnati style Skyline Chili. We're doing this live. Yeah, it's just like chili without beans with freaking Cheese on top of it. Baked? Or just putting it cheese? It can on be. Top? It looks like they put it on hot dogs, they put it on spaghetti. Is it it's it, a con is it a condiment or like a sauce? It, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. That's what it appears to be. Yeah, I hate I mean, these things that are like beef. we don't have an, we don't have to go. Okay, okay. It, it's okay. we're going with the one pound meatball. Okay. My, my we're friends, going, we're going one pound. We're going one pound Kobe or Kobe beef meatball. All right. So where does that put us with our next matchups? Is that so? That would be it. Would be the uh, Titans versus the Raiders. Tennessee versus the Vegas Raiders. Okay. So and then it is the Chiefs and Bills. So our next matchup would be our. Lavos one pound meatball versus Nashville hot chicken sandwich. That's tough. I hope everybody can hear my furious typing in the background during this podcast. 
Um, I don't think so. But also, uh, sorry to everyone who didn't read the podcast description from last week. My <laughs> audio was terrible. Uh, hoping that it's much better this week. Baxter assured me it was. So uh, you sound great. Yeah, thanks. Handsome as ever. Um, man, I just I really want. I really want a one pound Kobe <laughs> Gotta be honest with you. I got that on my mind right now. You know, I just want that baby in front of me. I have very, very, uh, uh, very, very skeptical that I'm going to see that because it it, it coincides with the yeah. Vegas Raiders. But I do want to see that, and the fact that I want to see that makes me want that to go forward. Okay. Um, nothing against National. A, a one pound meatball definitely it, the toughest one so far. Obnoxiously large. So up next, we got our Casey barbecue versus Buffalo. This is a tough matchup. It, it does not get any easier, my friend. No. Um, boy. You know, I, I, I am just... So when we're saying Buffalo wing, it is only Buffalo sauce, correct? Correct. Yeah. I will be making it. All of these things will be, all of these things will be made from scratch. Yeah, I know. I I do really want to try your buffalo sauce because I don't think I've had it before. Um, I'm going full Belichick here and throwing on the hood. Yeah, I see it. Um, You're you're really getting into this. (laughs) The dead silence. That's what people come to the podcast. Where Where is the, what, um, can you, uh, what is the KC? barbecue going to be on so so i did some research and it's really like kansas city style barbecue is like any meat that you want it's not like a it's not a traditional it's more about the sauce they do it on ribs they do it on pulled pork they do it on chicken it doesn't matter what the meat is it's more about will you do more than one meat yeah so the thing so it's always kind of up in the air when we get to the super bowl i don't want to make like like, let's say you get, this is an example, obviously it didn't go through, but like, let's say you get hot wieners and you get Cubans. I'm not going to make freaking two sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like I, I would like make like some kind of like Cuban style dip or something like that. Um, so it, it would depend on what makes it from the NFC. But if no other meat made it from the NFC, then yes, I would make it like multiple, like a combo plate. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I mean, I'm gonna have to consider it in its fullest form, uh-huh. which would be multiple meats. Sure, and that would push it through. Okay, to the next round. All right. So our final matchup for the oh AFC. I, I I don't even want to look at it. Lavos <laughs> one pound meatball versus Kansas City style barbecue. I I just. I'm so curious about the meatball. I've had barbecue before. I'm so curious about the meatball. I really, really want to see that baby in action. Uh-huh. Uh, you definitely can't have a second meat if you're going to have a one-pound meatball. No, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, How are you going to feel about having to root for the Raiders throughout the entirety of yeah, the Yeah, well, I mean, listen. It's I, about that meatball have rooted for teams for less. You know what I mean? Like I I've done it for spite, you know, I've done it just, just because I I felt that way that day. 
Mm-hmm. So if, if it's for a meatball, that's passion right there, yeah. you know? Um, and so I'm okay with that. And for that reason, the meatball is moving forward. To the meatball is moving on. <laughs> wow, what an upset. I am, I am shocked. All right. So our AFC uh, Super Bowl matchup will be the Lavos one-pound Kobe beef meatball from... Las Vegas Raiders. All right. Up next from the NFC. Maybe we'll try and hit this one up a little bit quicker. How dare you? <laughs> I want you to go slower. You're going to read them to you real slow like this. Please tell me every preparation step for each of these items. All right. Our, read me a recipe. Uh, our first matchup, the battle of the sandwiches. Philly cheesesteak versus Cuban. Philly cheesesteak. I disagree with the Cuban and I will for the end of my life. Listen, they literally say that they are the place that invented Cubans. They it's the Nash it's the the town sandwich. It's Cubans, man. I don't I don't I, I understand that you feel a certain way because you're from Tampa, but I'm not I feel from like Tampa. you're too close to it. I'm not from well you Tampa lived in you lived in Tampa for a you while. You don't even know me. <laughs> but but you're you're too close to the situation. Um, they want to be known for Cubans. I, I, I will. I will say that I think that Philly cheesesteak has more flavor than a Cuban. And I love Cubans. Um, I, I would go Cuban here, but this it's is a, a shame is a because mind. it is my bracket, sir. Yeah. So the Philly cheesesteak is moving on. All right. Up next, this is this is also will probably be a quick one. Dim sum versus ribeyes. You went with dim sum. Yeah, I mean, look, I was really hoping for like, I don't know, some duck ramen or something like that. Um, oh, some roasted duck that's ramen. That's too much work. Well, I don't give a shit, dude. Okay, <laughs> that's too much work. For we me. haven't had, we haven't celebrated Super Bowl together for years. I expect since the best. we since we got into a three hour long conversation about whether or not, uh, God, I can't even think of his name. Nick Foles should have been Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, uh, yeah, obviously the ribeye is moving forward yeah. here. Yeah. So I went to some, I went Asian, uh, Chinatown's a big part of San Francisco and I was looking it up and there's a lot of really famous dim sum, uh, restaurants up there. Ribeye's move on next. And I was kind of shocked how this one kind of like worked out perfectly, but we've got the, uh, uh the battle of the two. Tex-Mex, American-Mexican-style foods. Mm, yeah. We've got tamales versus okay. Mexican street corn. Ooh. Ooh. So Mexican street corn, you're going to get some tahine. You're going to get some cotija cheese and like a, like, a, like a poblano cream sauce to go with it. Okay. Generally kind of like put into like a, a a broiler and kind of get the cheese and the tahini kind of like all like coated and like crusty on the outside of it and then have like a dipping sauce for it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the street corn. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, this is, this is my, I, I love the Mexican street corn. This is one of those things that I, I, I learned from uh, my most recent chef, Kyle Hash. Uh, shout out Kyle. 
makes a delicious Mexican street corn. And I'll probably do something pretty similar to what he does at 28 North. All right. So what do we got moving on here? We have the, well, the Packers will, will play the Eagles. Okay. And then it's, it. it's Cowboys. Cowboys and. Versus street corn. <laughs> ribeye versus corn. River, yeah, ribeye versus street corn. So, we have poutine and cheese curd fries versus Philly cheesesteak. Boy, you know what both of those have in the title? <laughs> <laughs> My namesake. Yeah. Queso. Cheese itself. Um... Man, and you know, I um, since we've been doing this, the fries have been an option um, every year. It seems every like. year, yeah, they um, never make it, and they never make it. Those poutine and cheese curd fries never make it. It is just out of reach from me, and you know, I just I don't want that to be any, the case any longer. So the fries move on. All right, all right, and I, oh, hey, I messed that one up. I just move on. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Uh, that's a W. And then we've got ribeye versus street cord. Listen, listen. This is really just a battle internally for me because it is hard to pass on a good ribeye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever cooked a meat for me. I would bring my sous vide. I would oh. cook it for four hours and oh be fat. That, you have, I don't even have to go on. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I was going to say, you know, it is also hard for me to pass up something I've never had before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the way you described it made it sound amazing. It is good. Yeah. But I want to try your okay. ribeye. So ribeye, ribeye moves on. So now we are to poutine versus ribeye. That is that is a tough one. Now, I should I I guess I should not be taking into consideration who made it through in the AFC. Just the food. Well, I mean, I guess you're because eating. Hypothetically, it. we could have done the NFC first, and then I wouldn't be obviously considering. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I shouldn't do that just because you decided AFC first. Hmm. Um, and it goes the same way. It's something that I have not tried. Versus something that I've wanted from you for years, and that's your meat. Hey. <laughs> oh, boy. That took a turn. <laughs> so the ribeye moves on. The ribeye moves on. So we uh, our, our Super Bowl uh, matchup is Lavos, one-pound Kobe beef meatball versus ribeye. Uh, we'll be uh, meat heaven. You know what I mean? The sweat are already happening, you know. <laughs> we'll have we'll have the meatball. Sweating. We'll have the meatball as like a lunch, and then we'll have the ribeye as as dinner if this if this came to pass. You know what I mean? <sighs> Appetizer, one pound meatball for four people. Yeah, if the Super Bowl is Raiders versus Cowboys, 
I need you to commit right now that you're making both of these. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. The ribeye won't be. The ribeye would not be that hard for me, honestly, because I no, it's I mostly can time. It and yeah, I could. I and you have it for time. Hours. You'll, be, you'll be here for days. Yeah. Um. Okay. I have to bring okay. some equipment, but yeah, you, uh, make it I've heard you might not have any space in your car for the equipment, but we'll. we'll, we'll I'm taking. That. We're taking two cars. Yeah, I know. Um, and a U-Haul. <laughs> and a U-Haul. Okay. All right. That's exciting stuff. All right. I didn't pick the food. Did my supposed oh, to pick the winner? Oh, you didn't pick your... Well, I mean, I, I guess, guess it doesn't matter. You're eating both of them. I'm yeah. having both of them. There is no yeah. winner. The winner is And me. then you could choose <laughs> what food wins on the pod after the Super Bowl. Uh, well, yeah. We'll do a pod the week after, I assume. And yeah. at that point, we'll know um, what the actual foods were. And I'll let you know, everyone at home. Yeah. Which ones <laughs> you like the best? <laughs> Which team actually won? Here we are to everybody's favorite segment, Casey's Casino Corner. The day was January 16th, 2000. (laughs) (laughs) When I placed my first bet. (laughs) And that's when I knew. (laughs) I was four years old. Um, Yeah. Okay. So. I did actually look at these lines uh, ahead of time because I knew this pod was going to run long. So I figured I shouldn't be staring at lines and being like, what do I decide yeah. <laughs> I want to, to bet on? So um, we're going to start off with my favorite bet of the week. And that is Chiefs minus seven in the first half against the Steelers. Whoa. Yeah, I got to take it. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win by 55 points. So. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, the thought process here is kind of what I was going to before is that I do think that um, the Chiefs win. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side, they're going to be trying to the end. And mm-hmm. you, you worry about a backdoor cover, but I think they go into halftime with a large um, lead. <laughs> Lead, lead, lead is the word. Lead I think is the word I'm looking for. Nailed it. Uh, anti-deficit, if you would. <laughs> hey, yeah, I think part of the 55, you got to. If you're going to be winning by 55, you got to be. You got to be getting some uh, defensive scores. And Ben's out there throwing some some straight moon balls. So, um, yeah, I well, I I I I kind of agree with you, but the Patriots put 50 up on the Jags. I'm pretty sure there were no defensive. Or special team scores. Yeah, I mean they got some turnovers <laughs> that gave them some short, uh, yeah, some yeah, short yeah. fields. Yeah, I, I guess wouldn't necessarily like, but you're gonna get turnovers that are gonna put you in either immediately scoring position or you're gonna score on on defense. Next one. Forty ers plus three over the Cowboys. Yeah, again, this is another one I I, I have to go with <laughs> because of my my beer bets. So yeah, I mean, I'm with you, man. Um, I just like you, you don't believe in the Cowboys, huh? No, I do not. Never did. Never will. <laughs> I mean, I just um, they have not impressed me really at all mm-hmm. throughout the season, and I think that um, you know, it, it, it. I didn't understand anything they were doing in terms of playing them those starters through the into the fourth quarter yeah, um, against weird. the Eagles against you know second and third string defensive guys and I mean they they're, they're battling some injuries and you know I just I don't th- 
think they're that impressive. So if you're going to give me three points for a team that I think is on the same level, then I'll take the three points. Yeah, my own my only reservation here is quarterback. Obviously, I would I would give the I am, I would give quarterback to Dak. I'm concerned about Dak. Yeah, he, he has not looked great. Yeah, I mean, he was dealing with an injury. I again, we've said this before. I'm gonna say it again. The Cowboys are making a mistake letting Kellen Moore go. They should fire Mike McCarthy at the end of the season. He not only just played his starters way too long, but we've seen it time and time again in, in this season. He's a terrible game manager. Terrible. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Dak is, is the superior quarterback in this matchup, but I would 100% give coaching uh, to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I think the 49ers run scheme, their ability to kind of force runs to be one-on-one matchups and being able to get away from Micah Parsons. The scheme will probably run away from Micah Parsons, taking him out of plays. Um, I feel more confident in Kyle Shanahan being able to scheme up a, a game plan to win a, a, a one, one and done game versus Mike McCarthy. So yeah, I'm with you. And I believe that's the game that uh, Tony Romo will be calling. Oof. Um, <laughs> and the last one is a tease it is the tease. 14 part oh. parlay yeah 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 uh, it is a tease the bucks minus eight and a half down to minus two doing a six and a half point teaser okay minus minus eight and a half against the eagles down to two minus two okay the chiefs minus 13 Okay. Down right. to minus six and a half. Bucks minus two over the Eagles. Chiefs minus six and a half over the Steelers. Two team six and a half point teaser. Well, all that means is I get a little bit less big, a little bit less money in re- return. I just like it better than the Chiefs minus seven um, because I, I a tie there would mean I just get my money back. Um, mm-hmm. And so bringing it down to six and a half gets me better odds of because I do think they'll win by a touchdown. Sure. Um, I, I, I want to make, if they win by exactly a touchdown, I want to make sure I get the money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think they're going to win by 55 points. So I'm not, I'm not super concerned about the seven and then the bucks just have to win by a field goal. Chef's kiss. Casey, you did it again. <laughs> yeah. All sound he good, nailed it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. You got anything else you want to say about, uh, our teams not being able to have a uh, wild card preview. Uh, they're terrible. This will be hopefully the last year in the history of SAAT where we don't have a playoff preview. Man, for one of our teams, wouldn't that be wouldn't wouldn't that be sweet? All right. Well, uh, we will be back next week. Don't forget, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow us at Surf and Artificial Turf, all one word on Twitter. You can also email us at the same thing, surfandartificialturf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Mm